Welcome to Everyday Elephants. I'm your host, Tanner Olson, and in a minute, I'll be joined by Phil and Ted. Katie's not with us today, but she'll be back soon. Everyday Elephants is a podcast that discusses what the world is discussing. We take a close look at the elephants in the room, everything from politics to trends to religion. Together, we look for where hope is in the midst of the change in chaos and confusion. Welcome to Everyday Elephants. Hey, guys. What's up? So good to have you back. Welcome back, Tanner. Just happy to be here. Uh, one's back, one's not. We miss Katie, but she'll be back next week. So mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. We can still argue. Yeah. How you been, man? How's life? Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. I had a uh, had a stomach ulcer like a week or so ago, and so I'm figuring out all these new things that I can and cannot eat for a little bit. I have hardly drank coffee over the last. I was going to ask, that's days. usually one of the things that they cut you out Whoa. with a stomach ulcer. Been, How's that been? It's not been great. Um, actually, I had I haven't like had a, a headache because of it. So I, I did, I'm not as addicted to it as I thought that I was, but I, I miss it. I miss like the morning ritual. Um, I started drinking tea, and I don't know if you guys know this about tea. It's gross. Uh, there's just like, <laughs> like this morning I went, to a co- I went to a coffee shop to work, and I ordered some tea. And I poured it and I took a sip and it was like, it was so bad. I was like, you know what? That's just going to sit here. And I just ordered hot water uh, because that tasted better than the tea. Uh, but you know what? I have no complaints other than tea's gross. Uh, I'm drinking a little coffee here and there, but I'm not drinking like two or three cups like I have been. So uh, that's the update for me. But I, I do feel a lot better. Uh, and I also feel a lot better because I'm not drinking as much coffee. Uh, okay. What so about decaf just- though? Could you could you do decaf coffee? All stain, no gain. I don't think so, buddy. No, Uh, (laughs) I don't. No, (laughs) I mean, I would actually I I do. I just I'd really do enjoy the taste of coffee. So like I'm cool with decaf, but like I'd rather have just regular old uh, coffee. But I'm I'm trying new drinks. I'm becoming a new person. Uh, My yeah, you know, that's all I got to say about that. Thank you for asking. But I am feeling better and stomach ulcers are no joke so i hope no none of you ever get one because it was a terrible feeling i thought i was dying i mean horrible you should win some sort of like award or something like that because the 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 listeners and the audience out there didn't know that two weeks ago when you were recording with us you were in so much pain you recorded and then you went straight to the hospital so mvp i'm glad you're feeling better but holy mackerel man like there's there's gotta be some award for you out there well I would love to. I would love to win an award. It has been years since I have won anything. Oh man! And even the teams I like don't even win. So, anyways, we're not. We don't need to talk about my life of losing. Everything's <laughs> fine. I'm just happy to be here. I'm learning to walk a little slower. So there's that. And I'm happy to be back with you guys. How are y'all totally. doing? Well, you're talking well. to an undefeated soccer coach of the division for four to six year olds. So after three weeks. Let's just say that I'm kind of a big deal, and uh, the Fighting Eagles, well, that's because the kids chose the name, are undefeated first place, so we're we're living our best life. It's, it's pretty good. You know, it's I just enjoy the fact that you are keeping track of your four- to six-year-olds' uh, Who doesn't? soccer season. Who doesn't? I think I every feel, parent that I I've talked most, to so far. Most people. Mm, the parents have been coming up to us like, we're looking pretty good, coach. We're still winning, I said. You know it. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're Phil, we're doing great like to win 
in a sport where basically it's a bunch of kids huddled in a circle kicking the ball. I don't know, man. Winning, winning does a lot. Keeps morale high, spirits high. Every time Porter comes off the field, he said, Dad, we won. And I said, I know, Eddie. We won, baby. So... As Ted, I can attest, as somebody who just won an award for what I went through from Phil, it feels great. It feels really good. It feels really good. I'm gonna put you it see on what I'm talking about? This is great. It feels really good. People, um, one day people are going to ask, all right. hey, what's what's that award for? And I'm going to say, one time I did a podcast while I had a tummy ache, a really bad tummy ache. Now, to be fair, I'm not the worst. It was and a when I'm out there, tummy ache. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the worst, though. Um, I mean, I'm asking the kids, are you having fun? I'm giving you trouble. We do a little, we do a little cheer at the very beginning. Um, it (laughs) just makes the grass grow blood, blood, blood. All right, let's go out kids. (laughs) That's not what happens, but, uh, yeah, but here's the biggest question, Phil, do they get orange slices in the middle of the game? (laughs) Um, not in the middle of the game. We had orange slices, I think two weeks ago and the kids were like, where's the candy? Like, come on. Like, we're trying to help you out somehow. But, yeah, um, orange slices just don't do it for kids as much anymore. It's about It the is also the winter. And the orange slices are a little bit better when it's hot outside. That's true. That's true. Um, but, yeah. What's, what's the drink? Is it Capri Suns? I think we always had Capri Suns. Oh, yeah. Still rocking it. Capri Suns all the are way. Capri Suns, I don't, I don't have kids. Are Capri Suns still around? They're still a thing. I got some in my refrigerator. They're they're there. <laughs> really? Are you serious, Ted? Chelsea bought a twelve pouch thing for kids ministry one Sunday, and it came home okay. with us. And so it's still sitting in the outside. It came home with us. Yeah, it, I, I mean it's been there. there. It might be like a couple months that it's been there. <laughs> so nah, if I were those drinking, things never expire, you're good, dude. I, when I was a camp counselor, and you were low on your extra funds to buy stuff at the trading post. You always would buy Capri Suns because they were twenty five cents a pouch. So there you go. It's a deal. That's what you did. Interesting. I as a question. I don't know if it's appropriate for a podcast. Can a Capri Sun is that a good mixer? Like for like to drink. Ooh. I mean, now <laughs> someone's one of us has to try. <laughs> yeah, and you're the one who's got them. So that's I'll I'll report back. I will All report right, back next. Put week. those Capri Suns to use. I'm gonna look up Capri Sun drinks, drink mixes. We'll see what we get. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure there's some wild things on the internet. We'll find it. Pod- oh, there's. Pod- I mean, there's no doubt that someone has created some kind of Capri Sun drink. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt the pod- in my mind. The podcast really falls apart without Katie's presence. So it really has. It really yes. has gone off the rails. And we're going downhill. Ted, Ted, how are things mm-hmm. in uh, the great country of Texas? Things are going well. Um, it's, it's been a mild winter for us so far, but February is around the corner and that's always when it could get terrible. So <laughs> ask me at the end of the month, if we still have power and I'll let you know, um, you sound like a glass half empty kind of guy, Ted. Why is that? Phil, when you go a week without power and it's negative wind chill outside, we can talk. So I'm just be optimistic, man. You never know. It could be some of the warmest Februarys you've ever had. You can't just go Phil, down that hill true. all the time. That's so. true, Phil. But then that proves global warming. So oh, where do you true. go? Okay. Where do you go? Sorry. Well, anyways, Good. boys. I love it. We we should I talk about some. In. I want to lean into that, Phil. Okay. 
We should talk about some controversial stuff and an everyday elephant that is going on right now. Um, today, we are going to be talking about gun, gun violence, gun laws, everything about guns. Yes, it's relevant in the news. Um, unfortunately and sadly, tragically enough, there was another shooting that just happened in California, a very deadly shooting where at least 11 people were killed, nine others were injured, and it was targeting predominantly, was it an Asian um, American group of people? Um, yeah, so, it was at a, a Lunar New Year weekend festival. Um, mm -hmm. so. It's wild. We can't go anywhere. And uh, there's other things about guns. I know that the state of Illinois is passing a law to ban all semi-automatic guns in their state. So that's causing a stir on Twitter and via the internet. Um, Alec Baldwin um, has just been, is going to be having a case in June um, uh, in terms of uh, someone on the, the movie set that was shot and now he's being charged for that. So thought it'd be appropriate again to talk <clears throat> about guns for today. So this should be an easy one to talk about. Um, Usually is. Yeah. Usually mm -hmm. is. What are your thoughts, boys? You let me ask you guys this question. Did you guys grow up with guns like in the house like, where they talked about where they used? Did you guys go hunting? What was that like? I learned to shoot at a pretty young age. Um, I mean, I was uh, first or second grade. Um, we had my grandpa had some 22s and a little bit of land. And so we when we go out to his property, we would plink at cans and go squirrel hunting. We never shot a squirrel. But we'd, you know, go squirrel hunting. Um, grew up with a lot of friends who had guns. Like in our house, it wasn't as much a, um, like I don't think my dad owned any guns that were for home defense or um, self defense, but just hunting rifles and little twenty twos. And I I inherited from my grandpa one of those twenty twos, and so. Um, you know, I have that, but I, I've since growing up, I've, I've shot all kinds of guns. I've shot, um, World War II, uh, rifles. I've shot a lot of variety of pistols. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends that I could call right now and go, Hey, if I buy the ammunition, can we go shooting? And, you know, we could do it pretty quick. That's just, just another thing. normal day in Texas. That's what I was going to yeah, say too. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and that's and that's part of it. It's it's such a fascinating thing for me because I look at guns and don't like I can see the two ends of it. Like I, um, my father in law goes hunting every year, and he's a bow and rifle hunter. Um, you know, he's got a gun case with both hunting rifles and some collected guns that he has, and. Uh, I have friends that, I mean, collect guns. Like, I mean, they are, the, yeah. they're going to gun shows. They've, they've got different guns. I have friends that drive with their 1911s under their front seat. I have friends that have concealed carry. And it's interesting because in Texas last year, um, they passed a law. So now you don't have to have a license to either conceal carry or open carry. And so that to me, interesting what do you mean by that like they don't I, have to register is that what that means well so to get a you know so any kind of license right if you're getting a driver's license you have to take some form of driver's ed and then you have to take a test mm -hmm. so it used to be to get your concealed carry down here 
you were taking a class and you had to take some kind of test. So you'd go to most, most gun ranges around here had um, a police officer or a former military member, some active military, because I'm pretty close to a, a base here, um, that would teach concealed carry. And so yep. you have to go through the whole process. You're learning about guns. You're learning about your gun. You're learning about um, shooter safety. I've taken several shooter safety courses over the years for hunting licenses. So for a, a concealed carry license, it used to be you were paying a couple hundred bucks to go through the class. And then on top of that, I don't remember how much the license cost or if that was included in your class price. But then you you had to be registered. So if Got you it. were pulled over, I know a lot of people keep their, you know, you, you have to keep your, your concealed carry license on you. And so if you get pulled over, if you're stopped by police in any form, you know, the first thing you're saying is I have a gun on me, here's my license, you know, my gun's hmm. on my hip. And so you're just always away so they can reach and, um, and so, yeah, I, I've, I've shot, I th I haven't shot an AR surprisingly. I have a lot of friends who have them. I've never shot one though. Um, but oh, yeah, so you're I've, holy I've, then. Well, that's mean, a joke. I know, but it's so true. What about you? It's, no, I get you, why you're joking. No, I know. I get. Well, I mean, we're did talking. Did you grow about up it. with? Did you grow? So up I didn't grow up with guns. House? You know, from Chicago, unlike Texas, where we're anti-guns, right? No, um, no. It's just we yeah, never grew up yeah. with guns. I don't own any guns personally. I probably have some interesting takes on some of the matters that we're going to talk about today. Um, I don't have any urge to buy a gun. However, um, this is where I first learned to shoot a gun so this is funny um i was a doing a internship in north carolina and uh um you know visiting all the the different youth in their homes and having family dinners and this one sixth grader is like hey can i show you my guns i was like okay this is weird right <laughs> so i had a sixth grader teach me how to shoot a gun that's wild. Right. And, and that happened. And that was my first time ever shooting a gun. My second time ever shooting a gun. And that's um, youth ministry. So. Yeah. <laughs> In a nutshell, right? My second time shooting a gun, I was at a bachelor party for my buddy who went to the Naval Academy. And um, he, we were doing skeet shooting. And I'm just freaking out because it's all him and his buddies that went to the Naval Academy and the Marines. And we're having this competition doing skeet shooting. And I'm just like, Kiri, I'm going to look like a fool. Like, I'm going to get made fun of. I'm going to look just, this is going to be bad. I ended up getting second place. I got second job, place Phil. against Naval Academy people. Um, and I remember walking back in my hotel room with the biggest shoulders ever. It's like, babe, I'm the man. Right. So that was my second time ever shooting a gun. Um, and you got that good shotgun shoulder going on. Yeah. You know, you know, you've shot skeet. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was really good. But again, do I have a desire to own a gun? No. Um, would I be opposed to maybe owning a gun one day? Maybe, possibly. Um, I'm. It really depends on the situation. So, but that's me. What about you, Tanner? Didn't grow up with guns in the house. Uh, lived in Wisconsin for a while. Northern Wisconsin for a couple of years. Uh, which that's really when I was, I guess, really introduced to guns. All of my friends up there had them. You know, kind of like. They basically, you know, northern Wisconsin is basically Texas with a lot of snow. Uh, but I was going like, to you know, say, but, it's like there's a fold in the space-time continuum. You just kind of <laughs> meet. <laughs> but up there, everyone, they hunted because that's that's what they did. Like, they that's how they put food on the table. Like, that was one of the ways they did it. Uh, one of my best friends, like, he goes hunting a couple of times a year, and that is so that they can 
they can eat like they have meat on the table um and it's not one of those things where it's like we have guns because we are terrified it is we have guns because we go hunting uh, yep. and it's like a hobby for us uh and then you know down the line worst case scenario we have guns just in case um but which it's, it's to be honest with you for me i'm kind of in that moment of my life where going on a hunting trip with some of my best friends sounds like the most amazing thing in the world and i've actually been pursuing some of my friendships where we're, we're considering doing that in the future. And that, I mean, it just, you're laughing at me because I said pursuing friendships. That sounds really no, weird. I know. No, I'm, no, I'm laughing no. because, Phil, if you've never been hunting, there's just going to be a level of, like, hunting is the ultimate, like, hurry up and wait. Like, oh, I woke up at 3 in the morning. And there's, it's, there that sounds is, amazing. is a lot of fun. That I've, sounds I've amazing. Gone, but I've gone duck hunting before. Let me just oh, tell that's... you. On Nintendo? No, yes. no, no. Okay. That's like the uh, ultimate real, real duck hunting. So it in real life. And it was good company, but they're like, You can't we can't talk right now. Like, okay, well this is awful. This is not my this is not my place. Anyways, we're not talking about hunting. We're talking about guns. We're talking about gun laws. We're talking about all the things that are happening in America. So Phil, why don't you you mentioned a little bit earlier, you kinda of said I have some some maybe some interesting thoughts on the matter. Uh, do you want to kick us off as we kind of navigate? Because this is not like an easy topic uh, yeah. ever to navigate. And it's a sensitive one to deal. Because, I mean, like you just mentioned, like there was another tragic shooting, right? Yep. So yeah. there's, there's just a lot that goes into it. This is interesting because it's a Second Amendment right, uh, the right to uh, bear arms. And, and then the question is, how far can that go, right? And the big mm -hmm. debate right now is AR-15 semi-automatic guns. Um, these are weapons that have been used to uh, for, for school shootings, uh, for mass shootings, and uh, these are some violent weapons. And uh, so there's, so there's some interesting takes on this. And if you were to ask me, well, does that mean we need to ban these weapons? Um, I would say no. And, and here, here's my reason. Um, you know, the, 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 the question is like, well, when the original founding fathers did the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, they weren't thinking of AR-15s, which is absolutely correct. But I think the real reason why they had that in place was to keep um, the government and higher authorities accountable if something were to go wrong. And my, my thing is, and, and challenge me, impress me if you want, but um, we have some of the most destructive weapons in the United States, our government, right? Which has the power to do whatever. And let's say if someone crazy were to take over, which governments do fall at one point, um, my interpretation, the right to bear arms, um, and especially with some of these guns, if, if all guns are taken away, right, and some of these guns, then who's going to keep the higher powers accountable? Let's say if something tragic were to happen higher up within our government. And it's not like pistols are going to be able to protect people. Um, I, I think of it as more of like an accountability purpose of keeping yourself safe um, if something like that were to happen. So again, I, I get how these things are deadly and they can uh, they have been weapons that have used to kill another another shooting that just happened. Um, but that when I heard that interpretation, it's like, okay, that makes sense, even though I'm not really for guns in the first place. I think that 
I don't know where I land in terms of the whole process of owning assault rifles because I think it falls into two categories. Um, they're fun to shoot. Like I've I've shot older, you know, military grade weapons, World War II rifles and stuff. They're fun to shoot. Like it is fun to sit at the range and put some, you know, just put some time in with friends and, and target shoot. That is, that's a lot of fun, but a range is very controlled. It's very, you know, it, you are going through the process. So if we can admit and say, you know, some, sometimes it's fun. It is fun to yeah. go and do that. Um, but on the side, I understand the historical idea of saying, if we don't have the hardware, how do you stand up to tyranny if it happens? Yeah. But my question would be how many kids have to die before we have deeper conversations about it? Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's the struggle <laughs> of, again, I have a lot of close friends and family that own these kinds of weapons. And I, the, they're people I trust. I know that we have guys in our congregation who are ex-military, who are ex, um, or current um, police officers, law enforcement officers, that I'm thankful they are there on Sundays to know if something, you know, and that's just, that's the sad part of our country is like, I've sat in seminars of churches being a place where you have to talk about saying, what happens if someone walks into your church with a gun? Yeah. And my answer to this is I don't think I have a perfect answer, but I want us to stop yelling at each other long enough to say, what can we do to be better? Yeah. That what happens is within 10 seconds of a shooting, political talking points immediately start happening. Immediately. Now, some of those talking points are good. They're things we need to talk about. We need to talk about better gun laws. We need to talk about smarter gun laws because you can criticize when you look at certain gun laws, you go, people who don't understand guns are writing these laws. And you need people who are gun owners who understand the industry, who understand just the basic mechanics of how a gun works to sit down and have a conversation and to say, how, how do we do this? Yeah. Because you look around the world, there's always going to be crime. You can't ever fully eliminate it. But why does it happen more here than other places? And that's what I'd like for us to sit down and have a real conversation about. To say, can we sit down and say the the gun that was used in Monterey Park this weekend was a gun that is banned in every other country around the world. But it's, it's so it's a Cobra M11, which if you look at it, looks like a Mac 11, which if you guys look it up, you'd say, oh yeah, I've seen that gun in movies. Yeah. But the thing about it is it's semi-automatic 30 round mag, so you don't have to reload as often. And so that's my struggle is to say, I understand that guns are a tool and who uses them creates the problem. But we like, 
we lock up different tools at stores so that you can't just take them off the shelves. You have to go through a process of buying them. And, and you know, guns are locked up at stores. I get that. Yeah. I just wish we could have yeah, I, some I, better conversations. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, too. And it's just like, I don't think we need to put those out on the market, you know? Like, there are certain weapons that probably shouldn't be put out, and there are some weapons where it's like, well, this is a hunting rifle used for hunting animals, right? And this is, well, what do we use this, you know, AR whatever for? You know, like, is it is it mm -hmm. helpful? Is it beneficial? Like, where is there a line? Where is the division? And I think as soon as people start talking, as soon as you begin to say, uh, you know, we need to have a conversation about guns, I think people kind of bend both ways towards fear. Like the fear of you guys taking our guns, like the guns away, taking guns away for us, and the fear of what happens, like, if some like a world war breaks out and aliens mm -hmm. and apocalypse and all of the things that the movies teach us and i just think there's a lot of fear that is involved in all of this conversation and i think uh somebody has figured out that oh fear is a good way to make a lot of money uh which yeah. comes back to a lot of our conversations of like you know like selling weapons it's a very lucrative thing someone's yeah. making a lot of money off of well this. and as a but politician you can raise a lot of money talking for or against guns oh yeah for sure because it's a hot topic yeah it's yeah. very high people are gonna it's you know not in the same way but somewhat in the same way it's kind of like it's one of those huge political uh positions like abortionists you know like where do you stand mm -hmm. on that where do you stand on gun stuff right and it's it's i don't know the more we talk about all the stuff it the more like it just kind of hurts like because in my mind i just get well how do we get to this place you know how did we get here and it's it's really hard to make to pivot and make a change in a better direction. Well, I mean, we've been hopeless. here for thousands of years, though. I mean, murder and weapons are they're here. Um, I mean, you guys bring up some important points. I mean, look at Illinois. I'm being a Chicago guy now, right? And have some of the most progressive gun laws out there. And what is that doing to solve the problem? No, the 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 gun violence rate is at an all time high. It continue. It's it mm -hmm. Chicago continues to be one of the leading yeah. cities of gun violence, and they're banning certain weapons. And I'm sure a lot of illegal weapons are being used. And and so like I'm trying to like I'm with you, Tanner. Like the easy solution in my head is let's get rid of the guns because honestly I don't really care that much. But at the same time. Some of those guns keep some of these evil baddies out there, which is, I guess, that's like a bad guy term, right, Ted? That's a video game yeah, term. sure. Why not? Um, um, keep all the baddies away and uh, hold them accountable. Because otherwise, if you were to get rid of all the guns, there's going to be people who are in the, the, the drug industry, the cartel. They're going to find ways to get some of these illegal firearms into the wrong hands. And part of me is like, okay, it needs to be there. Um, we, we need to have some sort of protection. So I, one thing I would lean into is training. Like I was very frustrated when this law was coming out in Texas about non-licensed, um, conceal or open carry because I, I get that people would argue, you know, licenses, then the government can track you, I guess. I don't know. But for me, it's looking and saying there should be a level of training that if you want to carry a gun, you need the training. And and I have this Alec Baldwin thing to me, and that has many layers because oh, yeah. the prop master is the one responsible. 
at the end of the day, so what happened with Alec Baldwin, he was on a Western movie, and for, for the way I understand it, for a scene, pulled a pistol, shot it, and it had a live round in it, in it ended up killing the cinematographer who was behind the camera. And that is a prop master thing. The prop master is supposed to check those things. Now, for me, I'm looking going, why did you even have live ammunition on set? Like, you, you should not, like, live ammunition should have been nowhere near any of those guns. Yeah. But also, the first thing that happens when I'm hanging out with friends, if, you know, we're at the range, if I'm at someone's house and they're showing me their guns, when I pull my guns out of storage, even after I personally have put them away, the first thing I do is clear the chamber, or if it's loaded, I know what I have loaded into it. Yeah. Or if someone hands me their weapon, I'm watching to see if they've cleared the chamber, and if they haven't, when someone hands me a gun, the first thing I do is I drop the clip and clear the chamber. Because I want to know, if someone's handing me this tool, what I understand is wherever that is pointing, damage can be done wherever that is pointing. So you check your ammo, you check your safeties, and you, you know, your number one safety off the trigger, right? But I look at Alec Baldwin and I go, I, I can't speak to the legalness of that. I can't speak to, you know, it's obviously going to be on the prop master more than him. I saw a, a tweet of a guy who came out and said, like, listen, this is on the prop master. I've been in this business, all this stuff. And someone comes after him and like was like, well, what do you know? And he was like, well, I was a sergeant in the 82nd Airborne, so I know quite a bit about guns. Yeah. And so th there's oh there's oh, a Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> there is a legal standard there. But I think if if Hollywood is going to use guns the way they do in movies and I am a partaker of action movies, if you are going to sign on or do an action movie, I think you have to train every person who's going to handle a weapon. You have to put them on a range and have them shoot. So that they understand this is what it feels like. This is how it is. Because part of it is we're very nonchalant. We, we need to train people what these things can do. Yeah. It's it's just this like, uh, I don't know, it feels more like an Amazon kind of world. Where I just get it, I have it, and I do whatever I want with it. Like I just, you know, it's just there's not really much intentionality behind it. And I think, you know, kind of what we were saying about Hollywood is like, yeah, we need to train people up. And then when you look at the United States and what's happening there, like it's very easy just to acquire a gun and to not have to go through any kind of training. And so, mm -hmm. and I know that's part of the, the gun discussion too, is what are these checks? Like what checks are in place? And every state is a little bit is different on that matter. But I think, you know, we kind of look at that. It's like, well, how are we caring for people who want to get a gun? And how are we caring for them after they have a gun as well? So like, I don't know mm -hmm. how, like, how do you, it's, it's a lot to keep a track of when there are so many guns out there and so many people who own them. Um, and I don't really know what to do. It just feels like it's one big tangled mess yeah. and no one knows where to start pulling from. So Ted, just to jump in here for a second, I was trying to find a source, but I couldn't find one. Um, your question about why was there live ammunition on the set? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There were some reports that they were hunting while they were not shooting like the movie i'm saying gotcha so gotcha. that is why there may have been live ammunition but um 
that I, someone like I said, I, by mistake I have or... not been able to find a source for that. So anyway, okay. Yes. So they were using a. I was assuming it was a pistol to go hunting. Well, I mean, they, if they might have had a nine millimeter something. Well, I don't know what that pistol would have. Forty five, maybe. That pistol. I don't know. My but... I hardly know numbers. I don't know. No, how you're not. You're with. not wrong, Tanner, in saying the type of ammunition for a hunting rifle is very different. So. But it might be that I know a lot of guys who hunt, they'll hunt with a, you know, if you're in a place where there are other predators, you yep. might hunt with a your rifle, but have a pistol in case of emergency. Close. Yeah, you're out in the West, something could come after you. I don't know. But well, I, I mean, if they're in New Mexico or Arizona, which I think where they were filming, you, you have a high likelihood of mountain lion. I mean, yeah. um, thank where, you Wyatt, we... for that. Where are we going with this this conversation? I know we're kind of nearing the end of the episode, but Phil, what are your you know what are the thoughts, Ted? What are the thoughts do we have about gun laws and gun violence? I don't know. I, I just I again not a fan of guns, but I don't see a plausible solution if you were just to get rid of all guns. You know the the debate on we need to ban AR-15s. Like again, I've never shot one. I don't know how it feels um it, for me it just doesn't make sense which sounds awful because a lot of these weapons have been responsible of many children and many other people being murdered um i i just think it's it's a way to keep uh, higher authorities um also really bad people like um drug cartel responsible um so that way um I don't know. There's no one taking over things. And uh, it's just so hard because I, I, we don't need the weapon. We don't need it at all. Yeah. Right. But yet it's this weapon is been responsible, but I can also see how it can be helpful in some situations. Um, I think what's wild too, is we just put Porter in a new school and on this school tour, um, the school that he's going to, they said there's 22 staff at our school that have gone through training and conceal and carry if something were to happen. And I bet you my parents never had any school tours like that when they were putting me into school. And that's a really sobering, surreal thing that happens where I was um, informed. Now I feel good about that, especially what's happened in the world that, you know, there's going to be some sort of protection and they went through all the safety measures. But what world that we live in that all these staff members um, are trained and that can carry guns wild. I think the laws have to change. I think that um, we have to ask hard questions of ourselves. I think as believers, we have to ask hard questions of ourselves. You know, when Peter cuts off the ear of um, one of the servants, uh, when they come to take Jesus, Jesus isn't, Jesus's response wasn't, you know, it was self-defense. It was, you know, for my protection, he says, you know, he heals the man. He says, put away your sword. And it's the, the ESV puts it, put your sword back into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, I do think we have to have better laws. I think that we have seen a pattern now that this, this is happening and we have to ask hard questions to say when we were kids why was this not happening 
when we were kids, yeah, there was there was evil in the world. There was all the same stuff. There wasn't social did. media. There wasn't social media lifting up all these people who are being made famous and sure, Phil, were their, but, their names. But why is why is this not happening in you know in Switzerland? Why is this not happening? And I'm not saying I have the right answers, but I'm saying yeah. if we can't slow down why, enough yeah. to not even have the conversation, then we have idolized guns to a point where yeah. we won't talk about loving our neighbor because we've taken guns and put them on a pedestal. Because here's the deal. I understand the Second Amendment. I understand the thought process. But feel like if if a cartel, and I want to know what cartel's coming after you in Nashville, but if a cartel, it comes after you, even an AR is highly unlikely to stop them. If the feds come after you, no. we've proven time and again, that's not stopping them. Like, there's, I, yeah, I understand. Again, I don't, I don't want guns. No, I understand, but, but this is, this is the thought process of where you're taking it is a thought process that oftentimes takes us away from saying, but this is happening. So I'm sorry. But the I'm thing is, you, ba you, you ban, no, 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 you're fine. If you ban these guns, who's to say that they're not going to be circulating the wrong people? Well, I'm saying, and, and you're also taken away from good people that would make responsible right. decisions that have the training that are certified that are going to be able to protect people if there is danger. I know, I, and that's what I'm saying. I just want, I want the discussion, and I want us to be realistic about it because the last time, it, it has been much more recent and amount the times that a citizen has taken a gun and killed innocents than it has been that they have stood up in a righteous cause against a tyrant. Yeah. And, and I, but I think that conversation of saying we have to table that for a second to first talk about this and then we can bring that in. But that's yeah. often used as a, we can't talk about anything else because if we lose our guns, we lose that ability, but let's, Let's maybe talk this first to see, because maybe it is, maybe it is social media. Maybe that is the main course that we need to, you know, if you're under 18, you can't, you can't have Instagram, you can't have Facebook, whatever. Maybe that is a process we need to do. I just wish we'd talk about it. Oh, it's, yeah. It, and, and it's, it's ahead, hard Tanner. when we start saying you have to take away this. We have to get rid of this. This thing mm -hmm. that started, we have to, or this person can no longer have it, or this person can no longer have it. But when we talk about, you know. Guns are guns cause violence. We know that, but we don't often talk about how social media causes violence, and we don't often talk about how video games causes violence, right? Like all of these things add to the noise, and then guns are at the very end of it. It seems like, like it, it, it you know, that's where the big conversation begins because it ends with there's all these little things along the yeah. way that kind of yep. seem to boil it up and, yeah. and and cause it. And I think what we're seeing is we're we're using things that could be used for good that are being used for evil which sounds pretty biblical to me but it's mm -hmm. like taking those you know those it's like a gun a gun can be used for good because it can put food on the table for a family who's hungry right we don't and, get involved you know and i'd even say meat, a gun but... a gun can be used as a necessary evil to stop violence against innocence like i'm i'm yeah, not yeah. sitting out here saying that isn't true and i am like there are people 
And even, you know, I think there are everyday uses for AR-15s that when you get out on ranches and into the country and you are, there's feral hogs, there's um, coyotes and predators and stuff that you can't stop with a single bolt action rifle. I mean, you can, but you have to be very talented. Like a lot of these things need a repeating style semi-automatic rifle. And Phil, I'm yeah. sorry, I got, I got into that more than I should have. I just, no, this is an emotional I'm so thing. I mean, I'm frustrated I'm, that we're good. that no one wants to talk about it. Oh, and, and I want to talk about know, it. Phil, and, Phil loves Phil loves people yell at him. So he's, he's oh yeah, like, it's like oh, let's finally, go, baby. I know. Finally, <laughs> it's about time. No, I mean, I'm for I'm for laws, Ted. I'm for registration. Although I know that like people on the far right, well, like, no, I don't want the government to know. Like, okay, if the government knows, it's fine. But at least you have something. We we should have some more accountability for that so i think yeah. it's crazy that there's no registration and you know you're doing that in texas like there there needs to be some laws in place like yeah. no doubt about it um training all this stuff um i'm for it i'm just as i see the other side where you're, how you're not philosophically you're not wrong yeah i think and philosophically i understand that there, there will be a day that our our government the United States of America might fall, right? And I'm not trying to say it's happening soon or because it's under a Biden administration. Like this could be hundreds of years from now. And mm -hmm. it's you see people that don't have any protection from their authorities basically are gone, right? Because yeah. you have governing officials that decide to use their power in their own hands. Mm -hmm. And so I see that side of saying, hey, if you, it's a means of keeping people more accountable. But then it's also sick to say at the same time because I have innocent kids that are dying and there's mass shootings. And then I think of my my kids like that's that's wild. And like, why would I want them? Why would I want to drop them off at school and that could possibly happen to them? And that's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Did we get uh, anywhere with this? Did we solve any problems? No, but that's how this goes. Yeah, that's how a lot of these comments. But I think, you know. It's important to have the conversation to talk about this kind of stuff, but it's also like, okay, so then our response as Christians, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it also begins with, you know, begins with voting, how we vote about these um, laws. It's about calling those who can make changes about standing up for what's right. And uh, you know, it is about praying. I will say this when it, when it, when it comes to us Christians, like, what do we do? I get frustrated that Christians, we idolize weapons and mm -hmm. there is idolatry that's there of getting all these guns and storing them up. And, and I, I don't mind saying that to their face. Like, like I, I understand if you have them, but when it becomes idolatry and it's about stocking them up and it becomes your everything and you know, you, you're, all you're doing is protecting the second amendment because you feel like the left is coming after you the whole time. Like. I'm sorry, bro. We got issues and we got to talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, for us, another thing in our state is, and it was commented on here, is the when the shooting in Uvalde just happened um, last year and the leaders of our state government said, well, this is a mental health problem. Yeah. And then they cut funding to mental health initiatives. And, it's just wild. And that's that's the other side of it is to say like 
if we want to train people to use guns well, if we want to, and we say it's a mental health problem, we have some insane, like it, Texas has a budget um, surplus this year. And I, I mean, it was, it's high and you go, okay, well then let's, let's figure out some of these mental health problems. Let's, 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 let's figure this out. And, and that's what I think bothers me the most when I say, I wish we would talk about it is saying, if we're going to say it's mental health, let's, then let's put some money into mental health. Um, you know, and if we're going to say it's a gun problem, then let's talk about that, but let's bring it all together and let's have real conversations and not election cycle conversations. Because I think, what do we do? We, we gotta, we gotta keep moving the ball somehow. I I don't think it's something that we, we can sit back on. So, yeah. Well, any final thoughts? I mean, I think we kind of just gave them, but I think I, at the end of the day, I'm thankful for friends and family members that taught me about guns when I was a kid, that it was never, there's a healthy respect for a tool that can cause so much damage. And my hope and prayer would be that those people who I either grew up with or I know now who understand those things would, would have louder voices to say, let's talk about what these can do and, and, and how we should appropriately see them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I appreciate that we can have conversations and really wrestle with these different scenarios and things. Uh, there's, I don't, I don't think there's any absolutes when it comes to this conversation. Um, I don't even hear, from our voices that it's super far right or super far left. It's just, you know, we're, we're having these conversations and it just makes me wonder, well, I kind of know why, but it makes me wonder why, why can it be easier to make laws and have better conversations around gun laws? Well, the why behind it is because people are trying to please donor bases. And, you know, mm-hmm. if a politician says one thing or votes a certain way, like they're all their funding's getting cut. So it makes you wonder, it's like, man, it's crazy how money is just influencing something that I think could be way more simpler to solve, but who am I? Yeah. You are Phil. Thank you. And you are Tanner. What are your thoughts, Tanner? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. These kind of subjects and topics, my mind kind of goes this way and that way and I think about it from from this person's view and this person's view, but kind of like I think we're all kind of agreeing is you know I just really I want I want there to be peace, which I know like it's just hard, but like I want there to be some checks. I want there to be different laws. I want there to be ways where we don't have to worry and wonder um, in, in in live in fear when we walk out the front door. Um, I don't know what those changes look like. I don't know how we get to that place. Um, but I would like to get there. Yeah. I would. Amen. Uh, and I don't know what to, and I don't know what to do about that. Um, and a lot of these things that we talk about on this podcast, I feel helpless, you know, cause it always, we always be well, the politicians well, politicians. It's like, yeah, but well, man, they're not doing their job. You know, like clearly we're not getting anywhere. Like it's still ending with us saying, why is this still happening? Why is this still happening? Yeah. So why is this still happening? So yeah. I don't know. 
uh, I, and this is one of those podcasts I think where we're like, we didn't get anywhere with it, but we talked about it. And uh, hopefully this invites other people to talk about it as well. Um, and hopefully it encourages other people to talk to other politicians and congressmen and women and how can we move laws and change laws and do what needs to be done so so the kids can be safe. Um, so and all people, yeah. Yeah, people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Everyday Elephants. Make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. Not Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and if you're interested in being a sponsor for the podcast or you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss, let us know. Email everydayelephantspod at gmail.com. We love to get mail. We love to hear from you. Thank you for all the messages that you send us. We appreciate them. We appreciate you. This has been another episode of Everyday Elephants. It was good to have you here. And we'll see you soon. Good to see you.